Praise the Lord. It's so wonderful to be with you again uh, today. Um, I want to share with you the word that the Lord has instilled in my spirit for our series this month. The series that uh, Pastor Ricky Jr. Uh, kicked off last uh, Sunday in reference to Be Brave. That's, uh, that's the title of our, uh, of our series for this month. And pay attention to this. Uncertainties of life can sometimes seem difficult and out of control, causing us to feel anxious and lose faith. For most of us, being brave is not about facing death head on, but about finding the necessary courage to face those challenges that come our way. All throughout the Bible, there were men and women who faced what appeared to be the biggest test of their lives. The biggest test of their lives. In this series, we can glean from these faith-filled uh, stories of the Bible. Numerous times we see the Bible use times of trouble in the lives of, of its characters to teach the rest of us something extremely valuable. Something extremely valuable. Lessons about faith, lessons about God, and lessons about life itself. Something that we could get from each one of these examples in the Bible. The book of Daniel has no exception whatsoever. In these verses we will see the testing they endure, the faith and victory of three of the great heroes of the faith, the three Hebrew men. And I want to, I, I, I believe there, there's a lesson uh, that we can too uh, lean and, 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 and glean from uh, today as we uh, go through the scripture in the book of Daniel. Lessons about that we can learn, lessons about how to uh, fight the fires we find ourselves burning in as we journey through this life that we live in. Fires that might come out of left field all of a sudden, an unexpected way that you were not looking for, but it just happened. I've titled the message today, Be Brave to Fight in the Fire. Be brave to fight in the fire. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for this day, Lord. We uh, thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to come together and just uh, dive into your word, Father, and see uh, what you want to teach us today. What is it that you want to show us today, Lord? In reference to your word, what can we learn from the experiences of these uh, men and women of faith, Father? So, Lord, we thank you. We give you the glory and the honor. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open our mind and our understanding. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. I want to start this morning in the book of Daniel. Book, book of Daniel chapter number 3. Starting in, um, let's start in verse number 1. And I'm reading today from the uh, New Living Translation. And it says on chapter number 3, starting on verse number 1, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. And it's set up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Uh, just to give you a picture, just for you to have a, a picture in your mind about what 90 feet look like, um, in, in, a, in, in a baseball uh, field, uh, between one base and the other, there's 90 feet. Between first base and, and, and second base, home base and first, play, and, and first base, and then uh, second and, and third, uh, there's 90 feet, 90 feet apart. So it's a big distance, and that's, that was the size of the statue. That was the size of the statue. 90 feet, it was a gold statue, 90 feet tall by 9 feet wide. 
So you could just imagine how how that would stand out in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the uh, the where where it was at where it was set. Then he sent message to the high officers or officials and governors, advisors, treasurers, and judges and magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all of these officials came and stood before the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then he herald, then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the harp, and the pipes, and other musical instrument, bow to the ground to worship the king Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Bow to the ground to worship the king's Nebuchadnezzar gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Uh, so this is an order that they were giving. Anyone that would not bow down will be thrown into the blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, whatever it was, uh, uh, language bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed of the Jews. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all the musical instrument. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into the blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue that you have set up. They refuse to do it. Let's pause for a moment here because I, I have a, a, a few observations that I want to give you today. And, and we're going to break up the scripture. We're going to read all the way to uh, verse number 30. But I want to break it up and um, uh, give you some observations uh, that you might want to write down. Number one, number one, the first thing to consider is that the fire, it touches the saints as well. The fire touches the saints as well. Nowhere does the Bible guarantee that the saint of God freedom from the fires and storms of life. Nowhere in the Bible. I, 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 I get the feeling at times that people get saved and they think that uh, they're going to be exempt from any battles, any fires, any, any um, uh, storms in their life because they came to Christ. And, and I'm here to tell you that that is not the case. Okay, that is not the case at all. We will have storms. We will have fires that we will go through. The only thing that there's a big difference that we have somebody that has our back. And his name is Jesus. And we got to keep that in mind. It's totally different when we were out there in the world and we were doing things our own way and, and we had no backup whatsoever. But the Lord is with us. If, you, if you've asked Christ to come into your life, you know what? He is going to take care of you. He is going to send his angels to encamp all over you. But I want you to understand that we will go through struggles. We will go through things in life. On the contrary, the Bible is filled with references to the fact that storms will come 
and they will be part of the life of every believer. If you recall Pastor Ricky Jr. last week, he shared with you, he mentioned to you that just all of a sudden a tornado came by their house uh, and, and struck uh, the neighborhood and several houses there in the neighborhood and and uh, not just in his neighborhood, but the neighborhood right next to them, there was ca ca um, cars that were piled one on top of the other. I mean, the, the, the devastation that happened in Palm Beach, it was just amazing, but it happened from one moment to the next. Uh, there was no warnings whatsoever. There was absolutely nothing. It just happened all of a sudden. And at a moment like that, you got to understand that the only thing that you could do is just trust God. As a matter of fact, I'm going to uh, uh, quote Ricky. Ricky said, and I quote this, Stand and be brave on the word of God and be strong in him. Stand and be brave on the word of God and be strong in him. I unquote. Listen, when, when the wind is blowing, when things are happening in your life, when, when the storm is around you, when things around you are flying, when things around you are chaotic, the only thing that you can do is trust God. And know that as a child of God, you know what? You're not going to stay in that storm forever and ever. You will come out of that storm. A storm is not forever and ever. You're, you're not going to camp there with that storm. You will get to the other side as well. But you got to trust God. you got to trust God and, and understand that He has your back. Listen, when, when that wind is blowing, when that wind is blowing, just get a hold of the Lord. And say, Lord, I need you. I, I, I need you to, to help me. I need you to strengthen me. I need you to guide me. I need you to uh, 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 just speak into my spirit. And he will. And he will because he is the one that could calm the storm. It's not us, but it's him, the one that could calm the storms. John chapter 16, verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Be courageous, says the Lord. I have conquered the world. Job chapter 14 verse 1 says, Man born of a woman is short of days and full of trouble. Listen to this scripture again. Man born of woman is short of days and full of trouble. Trouble is going to come at one point or another. If it's, if, if it's not happening in your life right now, you know what? Be expecting that it's going to come at one point. Be ready. And how do you get ready? You get ready by having a great relationship with the Lord. A strong relationship with the Lord. Not just call the Lord out when you're in the middle of the storm and you're in the middle of the fire. But make sure that you speak to Him on a daily basis. Ecclesiastics chapter number 2 verse 23 says, For all His days are filled with grief. And his occupation is sorrowful. Even at night, his mind does not rest. This too is futile. <laughs> Even at night, listen to what it says. Even at night, his mind does not rest. Keep in mind that the only one that could strengthen you in the middle of the storm, it's our Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, it touches the servants as well. Storms touches the servants as well we're not exempt you know of the storms for some reason people feel that being a servant of god should guarantee them freedom from troubles and that is far from the truth that is totally far from the truth 
servants as well go through trouble. I am sure we all have heard these words before during a, a time of stress and difficulty. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? I have tried to do everything the Lord wants me to do. Have you heard those words? Maybe you have said those words at one point. You know, when you've been in the middle of the fire, when you've been in the, in the middle of the storm. But understand that, you know what? There's a reason why you are going through that storm. There's a reason why you're going through that fire. Understand that God is with you. And He is not going to leave you. What we fail to understand is that the Lord does not promise His servants freedom from trouble. It can and will touch all of us at one point or another. At one point or another, it's going to happen to us. It's going to touch us. If you don't believe me, just ask the Apostle Paul. Ask the Apostle Paul. He labored for the Lord while being brave and fighting the fire fighting the, the fire at, uh, 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 of an afflicting thorn in the flesh, a thorn by the way of that God refused to remove, that God refused to remove. 2 Corinthians. Let's go there for a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Listen to what it says in the Word. It says, Especially because of the extraordinary revelations. Therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan tormented me, so I would not exalt myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times to take away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness for is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness therefore i will most gladly boast all the more about my weakness so that christ's power may reside in me so i take pleasure in weakness insult catastrophe persecutions and in pressures because of christ for when i am weak then i am strong for when I am weak, I am strong. I mean, he went through a lot, but he understood that Christ was with him at all time. Look at or consider Job. Consider everything that Job went through. He suffered like few other men ever has suffered before. Yet God's own testimony about his life was that he was a good man. And he was a good man. Hallelujah. He was a man of God. A clean life does not mean protected life. Let me repeat that again. A clean life does not mean that it's a protected life. Sometimes God will take the, uh, the, the, the holiest, the, the most polished person, the, the best he has put, and he will put him in the fire. He will put him in the fire, not so that he can watch them squirm, but so that he can, sit and he can use them for his glory to prove that he is still God. It's not to make them suffer. It's not to see them squirm or anything like that. But just to prove that he's still God. That he's still God. And that he's still in control. I mean I know that it's it's hard. It's, it's difficult to think about that. That you know our loving God would do uh, such a thing like that. But uh, I, I also think that if we don't go through the fire in life. You know what? We're no, we don't have a testimony. We don't have a testimony. 
You got you to gotta experience certain things in life in order to be able to write your own book, to be able to write your own chapter of what God has taken you out from. Don't, don't always look at the fire as a, as something, as a big problem in your life, as something difficult, as, as something that, you know what, why, why is this happening to me? Don't, don't ask that question. Why is this happening to me? Just ask, Lord, what are you trying to show me? What is it that you're trying to show me? Where is it that you want to take me? Because I can tell you right now that, that the Lord is trying to do something beautiful in your life. When you're going through that fire, you're being refined. You're being refined. Would you, would you keep that in mind? It's, I, I, I understand it's difficult. It's difficult uh, when, when, you're, when you're battling certain things and you're, and you're, and you're questioning and, and you're human and you're saying, why, why am I going through this right now? You know, maybe several years ago, but now I'm going through this. But you know what? God is refining you. There, there's a reason. The more we know about the fire when we are called on to, the, on to face it, the better off we are. When we realize that it isn't for the bad, but that God will sometimes take the cream of the crop into the fire and it changes our whole perspective. It changes our whole perspective. But we just got to get that revelation. You know what? I know for a fact that God is doing something. I might be going through the fire right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm uh, with the spirit of expectation because I know that God is doing something great. God is going to use me in a greater manner. God is going to use me in bigger capacity, whatever it might be. You know what? God is going to, God is going to polish that area in your life that needs to be polished. Let's continue reading in the book of Daniel. Uh, verses 13 through 18. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a, a rage in order that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be, bought before him, be brought before him. When they were brought, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my God to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instrument. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately <clears throat> into the blazing furnace. He says it again. If you refuse, if you refuse to bow down and worship, okay, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power. Now, verse number 16, listen to this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from the power, from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Basically, they said, end the story. You know what? Well, we're not going to bow down to that statue. Uh, we trust God. Even if you throw me in that furnace, you know what? We trust God that we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Listen, these three Hebrew men committed the fire to the Lord. They committed the fire to the Lord. When they faced the fire, they knew they were unable to face it alone. Therefore, they committed it to the power of the Lord and trusted Him to take them through. 
and trusted him, trusted the Lord to take him through that fire. Glory to God. When we face our fires, we too should commit them to the Lord. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, you know what? Commit it to the Lord. Commit it to the Lord. And just say, Lord, I, I need your help in this. I need your help in this because it, everything around me looks impossible, but I know that you can, Lord. I know that you can make a way where it seems that there's no way. I know that you can make a way, Lord. So I trust you, Lord. Yes, I will go through this and, and, I, and I will continue to press forward and I will continue to be brave in the middle of that fire. I'm going to continue to press forward, but I trust you, God. I trust you that you will take me out on the other side. Hallelujah. Verse number 17. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of the hand, O king. Hallelujah. They trusted God. They trusted God and, and they knew that, you know what, uh, whether we live or die, you know what, God's in control. God's in control. The third thing that I want to share with you. Always remember your connection to God. Always remember that you have a connection that you have made with Almighty God. Don't, don't, ever, don't ever think that you're out there in the desert by yourself. No, God is with you. God is with you. Take special notice of the words, our God. They acknowledge that it was their God. Their God. These men knew that they were in a special relationship with the Father. These men were the sons of God by faith. They were sons of God by faith. And that is a good thing. Hallelujah. Relationship. That is an excellent relationship. To be in when, to be in when the fire comes near your, your life. You need to assure yourself that you are in, the, in right relationship with the Lord. What God are you... Uh, in covenant with today? That's a question that I'm asking you right now. What 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 God are you in covenant with today? Is it God of the Bible? Is it Jesus? Today there, there are many little gods out there. there. There are many people out there that are serving little gods out there. But are you in covenant with God of the Bible? Hallelujah. Are, 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 are you in covenant with Jesus, the one that uh, 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 resurrected on the third day. The one that has the power to come through in your life. Are you in covenant with him? Make sure that you are. Because he's the only one that's going to be able to help you in a time of crisis, in a time of, in, in, in a, in a time of distress or whatever it might be that you're going through. He's the only one. We need to remember that we are not just wandering through this world. We are the children of the King, Almighty King. Almighty King. Our God is the Creator. He is all-powerful. He is all-powerful. We, we got a powerful God on our side that there's nothing impossible for Him. We have to keep that in our mind. He owns it all. He is perfectly capable of helping us in our time of crisis, fire, or any storm in our life that we're going through. He is able. He is able. And you got to trust Him. One thing for sure is, if you are His child, never fear Him, never fear him bailing out on you. It's not going to happen. He's not going to bail out on you. He has promised to be there 
through it all. At all times, He has promised. We have that promise. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. Man, what, what an assurance we have in Christ Jesus. To know that regardless what we're going through, regardless what we're stepping into, regardless what, uh, what is surrounding us, you know what? He is not going to leave us. He is not going to abandon us. He is going to walk with us all the way through. Do you really think that if God has brought you this far, He's going to drop you now? That's not the God that we serve. That's not the God that we serve. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible loves you so much. The God, uh, he, He's a God of covenant, and He wants to make sure that you get to the other side. Because once you get to the other side, you got a testimony that you could share with others. I was in the middle of the fire. I was in the middle of the storm. I was in the middle of the tornado. And to the glory of God, my house was spared. My family was spared. There, there, there's a hedge of protection around me because of Almighty God. I'm in covenant with the Almighty God. Number four, always remember the control of God. Always remember the control of God. Two words used by the Hebrew men make all the difference. Those words are, He is able. God is able. Come on, tell the person next to you, God is able. God is able. These are the words of faith. Knowing that, you know what, it might seem glim right now. It might seem like it's dark. You know what? God is able to make a way. God is able to make a way. These men knew that the fire was hot. They knew that the fire was able to destroy them. They knew that there was no way to escape, at least from a human standpoint. However, as they faced the fire, they were also able to faith the fire. Faith the fire. They knew that even if they were thrown into the fire, their heavenly father had the necessary power to bring them through that fire. To bring them through that fire. And one thing for sure still today, May 2023, God still is in control. God is still in control and he has not changed at all whatsoever. He is still able to do anything that he needs to be done in your life. Anything that needs to be done in your life, he is able to do it. He is still God and he is still able. Understand that he is still God and he is still able. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Even if you go into the fire, God is still more than able. He has his hand on the thermostat and he is in control. Understand that, that he is in control. He is in control of every situation. In fact, if the fire comes about in your life, it had to pass through the filter of God's perfect plan for your life. Even before it got to you, you know what? It had to go through God's filter. Understand that. It did not catch God by surprise that you're in the fire right now or that you will be in the fire at one point. His perfect plan for you before it ever came to pass he knew about it. He knew about it. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. 
according to his purpose. God is still in control. God is still in control. Have peace. Have peace. And, 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 and I, want, I want you to understand one thing that is extremely important in life as a, as a believer. You have people around you that are looking to you to see how you behave, how you act in the middle of the fire. There's so much that we could say to people about the God that we serve, the God that, that resides inside of us, the God that, that we believe in. But there's just so much that you could say. But it's totally different when people see that you're in the middle of the fire, that you're going through something really critical, and you're still holding on to your faith. And you're still claiming that, you know what? I am going through this right now, but God will take me to the other side. And this is just a time for me to polish myself. This is just a time for me to write down my testimony and uh, what God is doing in, in the midst of this fire right now because I know that I will come out of it. That's having faith and having a, 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 the confidence of the relationship that you have with the Lord, of the relationship that you have with the Lord. Remember your commitment to God. Number five, remember your commitment to God. Way back in Daniel chapter one, verses eight through 21, when these men were younger and new, uh, and new to uh, Babylon, they took their stand for God and committed themselves to living for him and for him alone and for him and, and for him alone. This is a commitment that they took seriously. Here they are faced with their own death and still they're determined to serve the Lord. Still, regardless what, what, what they were telling them, regardless what the king was telling them, you know what? They were still determined to serve the Lord. They stood in that day of testing. They went through that day of testing, but they stood in faith. Think about that. Are you committed to God? How is your commitment to God right now? Are you really committed to God uh, to that extreme? To that extreme that you say, you know what? E even if they throw me in the furnace, I'm going to trust God. Because I know that He is able. That's the way that they believe. That's the way. That, that's the relationship that they had. That's the faith. That was a foundation that they had. And they knew. They knew that they were going to come out. On the other side. Verse number 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, listen to what it says on verse number 18. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. They made it very clear. When the fire comes to your life and mine, often it will be accompanied by the temptation to quit on God. By the temptation to say, where's God? By the temptation to say, why am I going to continue in my faith? Look what's happening. Look, I'm in this fire and I, I, I didn't expect this storm. I didn't expect this to happen in my life. Where's God in all this? Never give up of your faith. Stand firm. 
Stand firm on the word of God. Stand firm on the promises of God. Stand firm and knowing that God is going to rescue you. Of whatever it might be, God is there to rescue you. God is not changing. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The same way that he did it for them, he is going to do it for you as well. Just stay firm in the faith. However, God has promised us to help us at our times of testing and trials when you are tempted to quit. God is still there. God is still there. But remember, God has promised not to allow you to be tempted above your ability to bear it. God has promised. He is not going to give you more than what you can bear. He is not going to press that fire, you know, to the point that that you're not going to make it. During the the worst trial Jesus ever faced, he didn't quit. He endured and kept his commitment because he loved us so much. He didn't quit. He could have quit just in just walking to Calvary. He could have given up. Via Dolorosa. Carrying that cross, being whipped. The spikes on the side, the 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 thorn of the, the crown of thorns. Think about that for a moment. But just think about how much he loves you. That he didn't give up. He didn't give up. He didn't throw in the towel. He didn't say, Father, send somebody else. No, he went all the way to the end. Let's continue in, uh, in Daniel verses 19 through, 20, uh, through 30. It's talking about the blazing fire right now. Verse number 19, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his face became distorted with rage. He commanded the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. Listen to this, seven times hotter than usual. He then ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, and robes, and other garments. And verse 22 says, And because the king is in his anger, he demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were security tied. <coughs> they were security tied up and fell into the roaring fire, flames of the, of the fire. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Did, didn't, we try, didn't we tie them up? And throw them into the furnace? And they said, yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like God. The Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out of here. He had to acknowledge that they were servants of the Most High God. L listen to this. I, I Glory to God. Verse number 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. 
the Most High God, come out and come out here. Come out here right now. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, and governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them at all. Not a hair of their heads was cinched. And their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels to rescue his servants who trusted in him. He had to acknowledge that uh, these three Hebrew boys, you know what? They trusted God. They trusted God regardless that he increased the fire, that he increased that furnace, the heat in that furnace. You know what? They trusted God. They defiled the, the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship God except their own God. They are make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be torn into heaps of rubble. There is no other God whom can rescue like this. Then the king prompted Shadrach, the, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. To higher positions in the province of Babylon. Number six, conquer the fire by the presence of God. Conquer the fire by the presence of God. Remember that when you face the fires of life, you will never face them alone. He will always, always be there with you. I want to share this with you. The, the image was made or, or covered with gold. And to construct such a large golden image, it had to be necessary to smelt gold into a very hot furnace. It is very possible that the huge furnace into which these three men were thrown into, it was the same furnace used to melt the gold that had formed that image. Now the melting point of gold is 1,948 degrees Fahrenheit. According to expert firefighters, those who deal with house fires, the temperature of an average house fire is 1,100 degrees Fahrenheit. So for gold to melt, that heat must increase more than 800 degrees. So listen to the, uh, the temperature that had to have been in that furnace. If you recall in verse number 19, the king ordered the furnace to be heated seven times harder, hotter than usual. Seven times hotter than usual. But still... Listen to this. But still the fire furnace could not melt gold that could melt gold, but the same furnace had no power to burn the flesh of the three um, godly men. Of the three godly men. Even though the, the, the heat was increased, even though the fire was raging, it was not able to do anything to them. Look at verse number 24. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to the advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. 
He said, but Nebuchadnezzar sh shouted, I see four. I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The fourth man was recognized as an angel sent to rescue these men. The angel was the Lord himself in a pre-incarnate appearance of the Messiah. In a pre-incarnate appearance of the Messiah. What is interesting is that no one saw the Son of God leave after the three men came out. No one saw him come out. That's what's interesting. Matthew chapter 28 verse 20, uh, verse 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always even to the end of the age. I am with you always even to the end of the age. Once again. We see in the scriptures, we see in the word of God, that God promises, you know what? I am not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you. I, I have brought you this far. Do you think I'm going to let go of you right now? Some, some of you right now are going through fires. Some of you are going through situations that you did not expect. And, and, and probably you're asking, where is God? God is there with you. Understand that God is there with you. He's not going to let go of you because his love for you is so much that he is not going to let go of you. He wants to make sure that, that once you get out to the other side, because he will take you to the other side, you will testify about his goodness, about his grace, about his mercy, about his love. You think he's going to drop you now? You think he's going to forget about you? You think he doesn't care about what you're going through? That is not the God that we serve. That is not the God of the Bible. Over and over, we see the assurance, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm with you always. Conquer by the pres preservation of God. Remember that God did not save you to lose you to a fiery trial. He will meet you in the blaze and he will strengthen you in the day of trial. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Have that assurance that you know what? He is going to be there with us. The last one that I want to share with you uh, today is conquer by the power of God. Conquer by the power of God. Verse 27, then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them at all whatsoever. Not a hair in their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke whatsoever. They had gone through the fire, they had come out, and they didn't even smell like smoke. Once again, we are reminded that God, the God that we serve, is all-powerful and is able to take care of His children. It doesn't matter what you may be facing, God is bigger than your situation. Don't stick God in a box. Understand that God is mighty, God is powerful. God will make a way where it seems that there's no way. Just ask David about Goliath. Ask Noah about the ark. Ask him about the flood. Joshua about Canaan land. 
Ask Abraham about having to offer up his son. As we read these, these stories in the Bible, we, we, we just can't read it as a, just a, a history book. No, we got to understand that these things actually happened. And God was there with them. God was there providing for them. You know, uh, it's, it's so easy just to read these stories of David and Goliath and, 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 and read uh, about Noah and, and the ark and the instructions that the Lord gave him and, and how people were probably thinking that he was crazy and where's the water and why are you doing this big boat? Where's the water going to come from and how, who's going to move this? But yet he trusted. But yet he trusted God. And he came out on the other side. He came out on the other side. And still today, we're talking about it. Notice that God had higher, a higher agenda allowing these men to go through the fire. He did, he, did, he did it to bring glory to himself and to speak to their hearts. A few heathens that were around that did not believe. They didn't believe in the power of their God. But once they saw, once they gathered around, uh, they, 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 the ones that were worshiping uh, this statue that that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had had made, uh, uh, you know these these rulers, and they come and they see what is going on. These men were thrown in there in the fire, and absolutely nothing happened to them. Wow! They had to acknowledge that they serve a powerful God, that they serve a God that uh, is able to take you through the fire and come out without anything on you. With not even the smell of smoke on you. Think about that for a moment. But, but God brought his children to prove that he is God and that he is able to take care of his own even in the fire. God's plan will be accomplished. Just be brave to fight in the fire. God's plan will be accomplished. It will be accomplished. Whatever God told you that he's going to do, he is going to do it. Whatever promise God gave you and, 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 and you're saying, well, what about the promise that God gave me? You know, I'm in this fire right now and I, and I, I, I can't see how this is going to happen. You know what? It's going to happen because God's plan for your life is not going to change. A word that God gave you is not going to expire. It's still God's word. And even if you're in the storm right now, you know what? He is going to take you out of that storm and things will come to pass. At God's timing, it will come to pass. Trust Him. God is able. <coughs> Understand that God is able. He is able to make a way where it seems that no door is opening. Just be brave to fight in the fire. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel. Don't say, well, you know what? I, I really don't think God was speaking to me. I don't think uh, this was really God. I don't think that God called me. I don't think that God sent me. I don't think that... Uh, don't, don't throw in the towel. If God spoke to you, write it down. Write it down because the enemy will come back and, and, and try to throw darts at you and think that and, and tell you that you weren't hearing correctly or you weren't you didn't see that or you didn't he didn't tell you anything, but you gotta write it down to make sure that you stand on that word that God gave you. 
as I close today, I want you to understand that He is still doing it. He will let one of His children go through the fire and He will bring them out without a scourge, without a scratch, in such a fashion that He gets all the glory. That's all He wants. He wants to make sure that He gets all the glory and that man will have to acknowledge that it was all God, that it was all Him. He may be using you in the fire right now. You might be in the fire right now, but you know what? In that time of the fire, He could be using you to spread the message. Spread the message of Jesus. Spread the message of who God is. One of God's primary reasons in sending us through the fire is to purify us, to promote us. The truth of the matter is that you probably won't be, uh, be much used to the Lord until you go through some fires in your life. You've got to go through some fires in your life in order to have testimony of the goodness of God. And I was there and God rescued me. God rescued me. Then you can testify of his goodness and his faithfulness. You see, fire has the remarkable ability to burn off impurities and to cleanse the object committed to its power to, in order to be used by God. So the next time that you say these words, why is this happening to you? Pause for a moment and just think. Why is this happening to me? I have tried to do everything the Lord wants me to do. Remember, when God melts you, understand that, when God melts you, He is about to mold you into a vessel that He could use for His glory. And whatever impurities He has to remove, He will remove them because He wants to use you for His glory and honor. I pray this message has, uh, has touched you today. I pray this message has uh, resonated in your spirit. I pray that uh, if you're out there right now and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, I'm going to give you the opportunity right now to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, and to understand. And, and you're probably saying, uh, Pastor Ricky, I'm going through a storm right now in my own life. I'm, I'm going through a storm in my family. I'm going through uh, the storm at work or my career or my business, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be. I tell you that the best decision that you can make right now in your life, first of all, is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and having that assurance, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. You know what? They had the assurance. They're throwing me in the pit of fire. But you know what? I know, I know that I would not be there alone. They knew. They had the assurance that God would rescue them. Not only that, they were able to testify to those heathens that were around so I pray to God that you would uh, repeat this prayer after me and, and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior because uh, you will testify to those that are around you as well. Because from this day forward, your life is going to be totally different. And yes, you might be in the fire. You might be in the storm right now. You might be in a valley right now in your life. But you're not going to stay there. God's going to take you to the other side in order for you to have a testimony, in order for you to be able to write your own story. Would you say this prayer with me? Come on, right there where you're at, just stand up and uh, lift up your hands to heaven. Uh, it doesn't matter what you did yesterday, what you've done today. You know what? Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So,
Repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to come into my heart. I need a Savior. I need your Son, Jesus, to come into my life. I accept you right now as my Lord and Savior. I know that I have sinned. I know that I have fallen short. I know that I have done things that I should have never done. And I know that I failed. But I need a Savior right now. And Lord, I want to ask you to come into my life right now. I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help me. Teach me. Open my mind. Open my heart. Open my understanding. And give me the strength that I need, Lord, in order to face my today and tomorrow. And I don't want to continue to do it by myself. I want you by my side. I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made this prayer right now, really from your heart, I want you to send us an email and let us know. And we will give you the next steps that you need to take. But I tell you that today, today, the angels are rejoicing in heaven because of the decision that you made. Peace is coming into your life right now. You will be coming out of that storm. That storm is not going to be in your life forever and ever. But right now, you're not alone. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is carrying you right now. I pray that even as I'm speaking, I pray that you sense, you sense the peace of God all over you. I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, all of you that are tuned in right now. <coughs> I thank you for tuning in and uh, I thank you for um, connecting with us. Make sure you connect with us on Wednesday nights as well. We bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak blessings over your life. And remember, you might be going through something right now. But God is going to take you to the other side. Wait on Jesus. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because he loves you. There's a purpose in your life. And understand that he is not going to let go of you. I will be with you. All the way to the end, says the Lord. I will be with you. I will not abandon you. Just remember those words. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Pastor Yvette and I love you. And we can't wait to see you soon. God bless you. Have a wonderful, blessed week. Make sure that you share this uh, message with somebody that you know that, that needs to hear it. Okay? God bless you. We love you.